Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host. My name is Anthony Tringale. This week, I'm talking with Austin, owner, operator, craft beer curator out at Carson Street Deli in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, right now, all in my head is thinking of that scene from the movie That Thing You Do, Vicksburg and the Pittsburgh, Vicksburg and the Pittsburgh. Uh, anyways, um, I mentioned this in, like, what, an episode or two ago? Sorry, I had to take a sip of coffee. Uh, that I was going to be doing this series where I'm going to interview a restaurant owner, operator, um, locally owned restaurant owner, operator in, uh, in every single state in America. And that's what I'm doing. This is the first episode of that. Why am I doing it? That's a great question, Bob. For uh, Thank you for asking that. Uh, well, I, I'm sure you've had situations like, you know, similar times in your life. Or you meet somebody, it's like, oh, you're you're like me. You know, you find someone who, you know, is like in the same situation as you, thinks the same thing, like likes, you know, and you kind of want to talk to them and, and get their experiences, you know. Um, and so, and that's kind of my hope here. My hope is like, like, I often think about the issues and the struggles that restaurants face here in, in Syracuse and in central New York, and they're often similar. You know, everybody, you know, restaurants today are dealing with a whole plethora of issues more than before. I mean, you've always had costs going up and going down, but, you know, they're staggeringly more so today. Um, but, you know, well, we don't have to go through all the issues. We all know the issues. Restaurant owners face a shit ton of issues all the time. And, um, but they're, they're here, you know, so it's like, uh, I wonder, in my head I'm thinking, I wonder if there's a restaurant owner in California who's dealing with the same issues, maybe the exact same issues, as restaurant owners are here in Syracuse. And if so, maybe they have an idea on how they, got, on how they can get out of it. Like, how, how did they work around it? How did they figure out a solution to it? Um, you know, maybe in me talking to them, they're dealing with an issue that Owners here in Syracuse have dealt with, you know, a year ago, and I can give them an answer. At the very least, I just, my hope is with this is not just to, like, create, although this is part of it, it's to create kind of like a resource of um, advice and success stories from restaurant owners all across the country. Um, but it's also to like make things really small. I mean, we're talking about the entire United States here and, and granted, we're just talking about 50 of the owners from these United States, but, um, you know, we're talking about the whole country and my hope is to kind of make it smaller, this group of restaurant owners across the country, because I have a feeling that all of them, like maybe I'm completely wrong, but I have a feeling that all of them face the same issues, the same problems. You know, like talking to Austin, you know, he's got the same issues that everybody else does that, that I've talked to, at least in the area. And that is, you know, he's got this, you know, staffing as a concern, but he has this great staff and he treats them really well and takes care of them. And yeah, customer traffic can be a concern, but he treats his customers really well and takes care of them. And, you know, his biggest, like one of his biggest issues that he doesn't really have control of, um, and that is the availability or, or the, the price of food. And so um, those are all the same issues that we have here in Syracuse. I mean, it's the same exact issues that every restaurant has. Staffing concerns, you know, 
how do you increase customer traffic or you know make those customers more loyal so they come back more often and um you know availability and pricing of foods same issues and so at the very least uh, we've just made that connection a little bit smaller we made that world of restaurant owners a little bit smaller and so that's that's my hope with these um also i just think it's it's fun it's exciting um it's cool to i mean there's still a thousand people in Syracuse and Central New York I want to interview in the local restaurant industry and we're going to continue to put those episodes out there uh, as I'm doing this uh, but for right now I'm recording these podcasts via Zoom and they're like this one was a lot of fun I've really enjoyed talking with Austin and getting you know to know more about his story and how he got in the industry and why he continues to do what he does and and how he does it and uh, yeah I really hope you enjoy it. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and to, you know to the podcast. Obviously, you can also watch all of these episodes. Um, a lot of time goes into editing the videos, especially editing this video. And I won't bore you with the details, but technically, this was a very challenging uh, interview uh, or video to edit. Very challenging. I think it took me about twelve hours to edit this twenty-minute video. So. Uh, anyways, if you want to go appreciate that, you can head over to our website at eatlocalnewyork.com and watch them. I don't know what platform you listen to this on. Uh, continue to get the podcast however easily you want to. But uh, just so you know, you can go to eatlocalnewyork.com and find the audio or video version for every episode whenever they're released. If you want to help us continue to do what we're doing, then consider buying an Eat Local New York card. It's $25. And every time that you go out to eat at one of the participating restaurants and spend $25 or more, you just flash your card. You save $5 off your bill. Best part is you can use it over and over and over again. And it's over. It's only locally owned restaurants that we have on the card. And there's over 160 of them across the state. So head to eatlocalnewyork.com and buy your card. You can also download our app, which is free. And if you're a card holder, then you get access. So you can just use your app to show you're a member and get save that money. Um, it also shows you which restaurants are accepting the Eat Local card that are near you. So it's pretty cool. So you can download the app. Just search Eat Local New York on whatever platform that you're using. Um, what else? Uh, if you didn't know, I think I've mentioned it before, but, you know, uh, so you all know I'm a partner uh, at 31 Fried, Fried Chicken Sandwich Restaurant in North Syracuse. Sorry, I had to take another sip of my coffee. And I've also started as of June of this year, um, running the bar business out of Abbott Farms. And it's been a lot of fun. You know, for six years, I've been talking about the restaurant industry and trying to drive people to. And as much as I have known owners, it's you can't really understand what it's like, what it's truly like to be in the industry until you are in it, until you're behind the scenes, until you're actually in there working a shift or trying to buy food or whatever. So, um, this past year has been very eye-opening for me being on a food restaurant side and then also on a bar side and being the person that's making the decisions on what goes on the menu and how do we order it and how do we, it's just been really interesting. And it, to be honest, it's very exciting. I, I'm still flabbergasted at the amount of people that choose to do this for, for a living. Um, uh, but anyways, I, I brought that up to say, Come out to Abbott's and see me. <laughs> um, I'm actually behind the bar most nights. We're open Thursday and Friday nights and then Saturday and Sunday all day. Um, right out there at Abbott Farms in Baldwinsville. And uh, yeah, we've got 
we've I've we've been uh, working. You know, they used to just offer hard cider that they make there, which is great, and then some crappy wine. And now we're offering good wines, and we have a full cocktail program with all of our liquor coming from Lockwood Distilling, and um, we also have. Uh, a lot of craft beer. That's actually been really exciting because I'm going around and buying craft beer. We are going through a, a distributor, um, uh, but it's been really fun to buy beer from craft breweries and to support a plethora of them. Right now, I have 15 different craft beers out there from eight different local breweries, and that's exciting. It's I, I we got all of our shipments in this week. I went out and picked out picked up a bunch. I lined them all up and took a picture, and it was just cool to see all of those local breweries represented uh, at my bar. So, anyways, got a bunch of events coming out there, and it's going to be a blast, and you should swing through and say hi and get a drink. Uh, that's it. Let's jump into this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks for checking it out. <laughs> Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and the restaurant and all that fun stuff. Sure. Uh, my name is Austin Bannistale. I'm the owner, operator, and beer curator at Carson Street Deli and Craft Beer Bar in Pittsburgh. Um, I've actually only been the owner for about a year now, but I've worked here 11 years. So I've been here a long time, heavily invested in the um in the restaurant here and a little over a year ago the previous owner passed it down to me so i could kind of continue with with you know the original idea of what we do here and everything like that um we're uh i guess i would say a little bit of like higher end fast casual um sandwiches um we try and be as locally sourced as possible with all of our breads and meats and cheeses and all that kind of stuff and then we specialize in uh local craft beer as well um when we open when we got our bar put in we were the first restaurant in pittsburgh to do only strictly local pa draft lines mm. so um you know we've been curating relationships with breweries around here since that was probably was like uh about 10 years ago or so we put the we put all the drafts in and such and we have a really big selection of cans and bottles we do mix and match six packs and that kind of thing and um we've been known for getting a lot of the local stuff that a lot of other folks don't just because we've had long lasting relationships with everybody and stuff like that and you said the previous owner had it for or you've you've worked there for 11 years and you've been the owner yeah. for one yeah. um how long has the business been there so the deli itself has been around over 20 years. Um, I'm the fourth round of owners for the deli. Uh, the previous owner was the one who really kind of like turned it around and made it like a craft beer destination. Um, he came in with a lot of like home brewing and stuff kind of background and um, really wanted to focus on local craft beer. So that's where that kind of element came in. That's cool. And what was that process like of um, going, you know, a year ago of going from an employee there to the owner? Was it uh, was it something that you had kind of a dream for or did the previous owner just kind of say, hey, I'm thinking of getting out? You know, are you interested? Um, yeah, it's something that we had talked about for a long time. Um, 
So I took over as general manager probably like about six years ago or so. And then um, probably about four years ago now, um, the owner was in a really bad bicycle accident. He was in the hospital for a while. So he pretty much like dropped off right there and just wasn't even able to come in or anything like that. So I kind of stepped in and picked up from there. So I've been doing operational wise and everything like that for a couple of years now. So really, um, for me, nothing has changed drastically because I had been doing it for a while previously, um, other than, you know, now it's all on me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which makes it uh, a lot more stressful, more so than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what's that feel like? It's um, it's probably. I mean, you know, I'm a partner in these two things, and the stress level is is pretty intense at times. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what are? I mean, well, you know, kind of segueing into that. Uh, I mean, what are some of the daily challenges that you face? So, um, for us, a big one is products. Um, in general, meat prices are through the roof cheese prices are through the roof you know we don't sacrifice quality for any reason here so that has definitely been a struggle for us either of like you know a brand or something like that that we go to every time is not available trying to source something that's at least on par with the quality and stuff like that that's probably been um our biggest hardship we've been extremely lucky in that our staff turnover is almost zero we treat our staff extremely well like family here so thankfully we have a super good crew and um i know that's a big problem for a lot of other folks thankfully we've been kind of immune to that here that's awesome i remember back um this is maybe last spring i think it was um i think it was last spring my wife and i took a weekend trip to boston and we were we went to like sort of an upscale restaurant in the hotel that we were staying at. And still a lot of restaurants were closed. A lot of Starbucks in the city of Boston were shut down. Um, but I asked our waiter or server if they, if restaurants in Boston were having staffing shortages like we were here in upstate. And he said, no, it was the opposite. He said there was such this massive population of people who couldn't get work in the restaurant industry yeah. um, just because so many places were still shut down. So I know right now in upstate, it's still a challenge to get um, and find great help that is affordable. You know, we, yeah. we have a family restaurant that's um, in kind of a small area, but they've been around for, you know, 20 years, massive, you know, extremely popular. And, they were they were offering thirty dollars an hour to a line cook for their second shift, and they still oh couldn't find God. anybody. Um, wow. They were now luckily they're the only one that I've heard of anything that crazy. Um, yeah. But uh, is it is it kind of similar? I mean, obviously that's that's ridiculous thirty dollars an hour. But is it in the city? Is it are you hearing kind of the same thing? Like a lot of you know hard time finding help and then having to pay just through the through the nose for it. Yeah, it, it's pretty much exactly that. You know, anybody who, you know, is of any sort of quality in the service industry is going to be demanding a, a a high wage and is they're going to be able to find it too. You know, there are people paying well now. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, it hasn't been, it seems like a little bit 
has died down here where it's evened out a little more now and um it's not as big of a problem as it was and uh i've even noticed i feel like maybe this is just my personal experience but even the service that i'm getting when i'm going out is like very good you know the people who are out there working tend to you know actually care about it and are providing a, a higher quality of service right now that's great yeah it's um i find it's uh it's kind of like a mixed bag in our area um there are some places we go to where um like we go my wife and i will go to one of like the really popular ice cream stands in the area and where in the past i've seen five or six college age kids or high schoolers back there now i see two on like a busy night um so things like that and uh yeah so it's been it's been interesting um so can you tell us a little bit about like what's a snapshot in a day of your life you know like you know you get up and you're you're at the restaurant at i'm sure early and you're there late but what's a typical day look like for you so um typically i mean like today is a good example on monday i I come in early first one year as as usual um try and bang out as much prep as possible before anybody else gets here um we have a we're able to run on a small relatively small crew because we're a tiny building and not a whole lot of space but we don't do we do like what we call pub service which is you order through the bartender and then we'll bring you your food out and then it's kind of like help yourself to drinks and stuff like that. So um, that helps everybody too, as far as like sweet pool tips as well with, with folks who are working. So you're only splitting them with a couple people and we're able to do a fast, quick turnover. And um, usually lunch is definitely our busiest time. Um, there's a lot of like uh, either local folks down here, we're in the South side. And then there's a lot of like smaller um, business down here as well. And honestly, uh, after COVID, a lot of other places that used to do lunch are either not opening for lunch or have unfortunately closed. So we're only among a few places open for lunch down here. So we get slammed. Um, so do lunch service the best that we can. Um, jump in as much as I can. We slice all our meat, fresh stuff like that. So we have a slicer who comes in and does all that daily as well. And then um, evening service is a little bit more chill. Um, Southside can get a little crazy at night. It's like a kind of party section, but we um, kind of pride ourselves on being geared towards more of like the young professional sort of crowd. So it doesn't get rowdy in here because, yeah. you know, we're not slinging the 250 Miller Lite specialists or anything like that. So, uh, you know, very positive, um, welcoming energy that we try and provide down here, which is different from a lot of the other places around us, which um, I think has helped us in the in the long run. Yeah. Um, are, are you all, I noticed, I was looking at the website or, and I noticed you offered delivery $25 minimum. Is that through your own uh, your own drivers, your own staff, or do you all do any of the third-party delivery apps? So we do both. Um, we, we do our own in-house delivery, which we expanded a lot during COVID and have kept that as well. So we used to only deliver till 2 p.m., where now we go all the way till 7 p.m. And we try and encourage people to use our in-houses as much as possible. But we are on Grubhub and Uber Eats and stuff like that, which, you know, peak uh covid really 
saved our ass for a while, even though, you know, they're, they're taking a good chunk out of you. Um, but now it's actually become where we get, you know, a good amount of people who come in. I've ordered you from GrubHub a couple of times. It's really good. So I'm coming in and check out the place. So we've, you know, gained a good customer base from those tools. Um, I don't like to use them as much as possible, but they're on, you know, if we're super busy, that's the first thing going off. We're going to take care of our in-house and stuff like that first and um, our direct customers, but we do have it. Yeah. Yeah, we um it, so my restaurant 31 fried. So our area code is 315 and uh so the name of the restaurant is 31 fried and um um we exist uh we're a restaurant inside of a restaurant which a lot of people have in our area still haven't gotten the concept of it yet. Um I'm sure Pittsburgh has got a lot of ghost kitchens and virtual kitchens. Yeah. That's something new that's popped up in Syracuse in the past year. Um, so I always, to give you reference, I always tell people jokingly because I eat local. I work with restaurants in like down near New York city and Buffalo and Rochester. Um, even though we're based in Syracuse, which is right in the center of the state. But I always joke that Syracuse is about five years behind Buffalo and Buffalo is about five years behind New York city in terms of food trends. Yeah. And so, um, I've seen fried ch- like gourmet fried chicken sandwich restaurants be the trend in Buffalo for the last four years, and gotcha. we're kind of the f- sort of the first in Syracuse. But everybody, okay. everybody in Syracuse, is like there's this hot trend that's sweeping the country, and I'm like, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for us, we so we exist inside of a Limp Lizard Barbecue is the name of the restaurant, and the owners of that are my partners in Three One Fried. So it's perfect for that setup because it's the same staff on the same line. Mm-hmm. Only like two or three different products change on their, you know, yeah. ordering list. And it's just a great addition to their barbecue restaurant that's already busy, you know. Yeah. Um, so do you like are there a lot of those trends that you see or like look out for as an owner like are you are you ever saying, you know, I wonder if we should add this? Like, how does that work for you kind of looking out there into the food world for inspiration or ideas? Well, I think, I'm, I mean, with that even in particular, we get that with a lot of breweries out here. Well, we'll have a restaurant inside a brewery that's not, you know, that may not be necessarily owned by the same people, but operating in the same building. Okay. And, um, but as far as like food trends and stuff like that, um, definitely something that i've really become aware of uh to be extremely important is keeping up and doing something keeping stuff new and fresh constantly yeah um i like a couple years ago we get into a little rut where we're just uh, doing the same old thing and like i noticed you know our numbers are starting to go down Mm -hmm. and so we started doing like special sandwiches unique like one-off specials or we did like we started a cocktail program or we're starting to do charcuterie or you know something like that continually keeping like new different things rotating and rolling to keep people interested to come back for different things maybe they're still coming back for their favorite sandwich or something like that but you give them um at least some sort of new offering that is that can be interested to, you know, entice new folks or old folks who maybe haven't been here for a while to come back. Yeah, that's cool. Um, 
So kind of with that in mind, have you noticed over the past like four or five months um, any difference in sales? Like have you noticed like a decline at all? I mean, up here, a lot of restaurants, if they're, we've noticed that they're, um, a lot of regular restaurants that aren't doing new things constantly are declining. Have you noticed that, like any sort of a shift in those past few months? So our cycle is relatively consistent here. Well, we will be extremely busy for like early summer. And then um, a lot of the college kids will leave. So it dies on a little bit during like midsummer. And then it will pick back up when college comes come back. And then you have the usual like January, February lull. Yeah. Um, so really that's... I mean, th those are pretty consistent dips for us. And we have also been consistently, you know, when those peaks are coming up, trying to, you know, heighten those as much as possible in, in any way that we can. Um, for us, again, we're like, we're a little different. and We're a little immune to some of the things in that we have an extremely good, loyal customer base who have been coming for years and we're very... Um, focused on customer service. So we're going to like, we're going to know your name. We're going to know the sandwich you like, what kind of beer you're into. We've got something new on tap, like you try this and stuff like that. So a lot of folks come back for customer service as well, which, um, you know, our, our old owner used to say, we're not like a sandwich business or a beer business. We're in a relationship business. And building that up has allowed us to have a really good customer base and um, also, like we don't do advertising or anything like that. We're on social media and such, but really, word of mouth is is how we get around. And I think like that kind of little bit of like grassroots feel also helps with with you know gaining a, a better customer base as well. That's great. That was going to be my next question: was if you noticed any change in in social media? Because for for us, um, and even we have a separate side of Eat Local where we manage social media accounts for about a dozen restaurants. Um, it's completely changed in the past year. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like during and then after COVID it's, it's like a whole different game on social media now. Yeah. We're, um, I mean, we're, uh, in the past, like a really well done professional photograph of a dish would blow up today. It's does nothing. And like, I, yeah. I did an Instagram reel two weeks ago. It was literally me pouring, you know, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, they give you the chips and salsa. It was me pouring the carafe of salsa into the dish. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a slow-mo. It wasn't anything interesting. Got like 15,000 views in an hour. And then I posted a video of like, you know, this clip I thought would blow up. It got like a thousand views in two days. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, there's there's no telling anymore. I can't find, you know, whereas before I could pretty much get a good rhythm or something that I'm posting this kind of post at a certain time or a certain day. Now it's, you know, who knows? Um, well, I, I just have two more quick questions for you. I know you're busy. Um, so the first one is, um, uh, what's any advice you would give to some uh, anybody in the industry, uh, an owner, somebody who currently owns a restaurant thinking about getting into it somebody who's wanting to move up you know kind of like you did i mean any advice at all to all the restaurant people possible. um 
I would say, I know it's hard to do right now, but A is treat your staff properly and right and pay them properly and right um, as much as you can without destroying your business, obviously. But I think it's really important to have a staff that also cares about what they're doing and, um, you know, cares about each other as much as you can as well. And the other thing, I guess it would be also as much as you can, which I know today can be hard, um, is really keeping a, a product that you care about and that you can be proud about and that you're not cutting corners because something is cheaper. And then honestly, that that's going to be recognized by your customers. And, and I think that people right now are looking for, you know, if, if they don't have a great experience somewhere, there's somewhere else and they're going to go there and maybe they're not going to come back. So making sure your customers are very well taken care of and your staff is really well taken care of. Yeah. Um, that's good. So the last question is, and this is a, a restaurant owner um, who recently opened in the past year here in Syracuse has asked me to ask every owner on the podcast this question. And that is why do you do what you do? And if you're like me, you, you, the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I I kind of fell into this. Like, I, I I went to school for film production and did that for a couple of years, and just wasn't the environment I wanted to be in. I had like some jobs here and there, and then I started working here, and I really developed a passion for craft beer, and also good quality food. And really, what's kept me going and kept me in it is those relationships that I've developed with other local breweries and stuff like that. But also our, our customers here, I feel like everyone's going to say they have great customers, but I feel like we really have great customers where, you know, I've really developed friendships with them and they supported us through hard times during COVID and stuff. And um, I just like being able to provide a good quality product to like good local folks. Well, there it is, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you appreciated listening to this. It's kind of a different thing. And um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for me to put these on. If you have a restaurant you want to recommend in a specific state, by all means, email me, Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, at eatlocalnewyork, New York is spelled out, dot com. And um, yeah, so if you have a restaurant, a locally owned restaurant owner that you think I, I should interview in a state, please email it to me. Uh, that's it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. And I'll catch you next week. Actually, next week we're interviewing, it's going to be released, Mike Flynn, who's opening up that uh, three-story marijuana dispensary in downtown Syracuse. I'm excited about that. So uh, we'll catch you with the next episode. Thanks. Bye.